This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. You sure are. Let's do this. Let's get it happening. It's, uh, what, about six minutes after 4 o'clock, so plenty of time to get through what we got to get through. The phone line's already open, 604-280-9898. That is how we do it, 604-280-9898. Coming up this, uh, today, very common questions that Lior gets every day on the phone lines, emails, etc., etc. So you might want to listen up for these. These might uh, pique your interest. And bring a question about that you want to ask over the next hour. So uh, have a listen for those. That will get to some of your emails as well. That is simply help uh, to employmentlawyer.ca and reaching out anytime when the show's not on, 604-283-3123. It's just that simple. So we'll get it started. Again, phone lines are open, so we're ready to rock and or roll. 604-280-9898. Uh, week that was, the week that is. What's uh, What's going on, pal? Hey John, uh, you know another another week, another situation, uh, another time when we're not uh, we're not back to normal, uh, and and yeah. you know our rights are still things that we need to know about because things for many of us may not be the way we want them, the way they were. So if you're in that situation and your job, your uh, uh, hours of work, your pay, your layoff, all of that, if it's not the way it was, the way you want it to be, you need to understand what your rights are. So take advantage of the fact that we're here right now till 5 o'clock today. Ask your questions. Uh, there's never been a more important time ever, since certainly since I've been practicing law, to ask questions, to know your rights. If you have a job, you lost it, you're worried about losing it, you haven't been called back from a layoff, you want to know what happens if you are called back. Maybe you don't want to go back to work. All those questions and more, call us right now or call me off air if you want to when we're not uh, Mm -hmm. uh, here on the show. But to get us started, let me tell you about a situation that uh, came across my desk very recently. I spoke with a lady. She had uh, been off uh, on a on a temporary layoff since mid March. Well, her employer recently told her you have to come back to work. Uh, we're reopening. Well, she has two young children. Uh, you know, one of them is eight, the other one is ten, and they're off school, of course. And because of that, uh, she needed to be with them at home. Uh, her her husband was working. She was home, and she told her employer, "No, I need to stay home with my kids. I don't have any childcare." Her employer said, well, you have to find arrangements. Uh, I need you back at work and everyone else is coming back. So I can't make any special dispensations just for you. So I need you back. Uh, and very frustrated. She was very worried about losing her job. She called me and she wanted to know what her rights were. So even though for most people, if your employer calls you back to work, you do have to go back if, if uh, social distancing is being observed in the workplace. If you have childcare obligations, because again, schools are closed, you can still stay home, okay? You are allowed to continue to stay home to care for your children if in fact they, you have school-age children. And it doesn't matter if it's one or even both parents can stay home and your employer cannot force you to come back to work, cannot punish you, cannot uh, consider you to have resigned. So in this situation, I, I told her exactly what to tell her employer and to remind her employer that legally she's allowed to do this. So the same thing applies to you as well. If you have childcare obligations, you you don't actually have to go back to work in this situation. If you're called back to work, you can certainly choose to, but that's one of the exceptions that the employer cannot make you go back to work if you have those obligations. Again, the number six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. I know we got more to discuss, but always the phones are the 
top priority. That's why we tell you to call in. Jerry, thanks for standing by. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you bet. What's I up? Just got a, I got a query. Um, I'm wondering if they've thought about maybe letting us uh, take some stuff out of our RRSPs um, to help pay our mortgage for people that are, are hurting for cash, you know, or, or, or help them out with their, their, their groceries. So I, I haven't heard anything, Jerry, in terms of the government uh, making arrangements to, to allow more access to RSP. You know the, the general drill. If you decide to, to dip into the RSP, you have to pay taxes, you get dinged, et cetera. Yeah, I, I so, understand. Yeah. I, so, I, understand so that. I haven't I heard anything, anything unique. I, I, don't, I haven't heard that the government has uh, agreed to, to defer that or to make any changes at this point. Uh, and in fact, I haven't even heard that discussed. I actually think that's an interesting idea, but I haven't even heard that discussed. And certainly right now, that's not the case. Well, I have to actually tell you that that's a, that's a thought from my wife, the smartest one in the family. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, that she came up with that. And I just, you know, I, I've been trying to get it out there to see if maybe, you know, for people that are hurting, it, it maybe they got some RSPs, they can pull it out tax free and not uh, not get beat up and not have to defer their mortgages, and maybe it'll help the economy. Well, you know what? I'll help you with that. I'll talk about it with a reporter that I know and see if she can kind of pass it up the food chain and see what she can find. Uh, I like the idea; I really do, and I think it will help a, a lot of people, Jerry. So thanks for bringing that up. Hey, no, that was my wife, man. She's the smart one. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Okay. Thanks, Jerry. I know a lot of people, they're not considering that because the tax implications are looking at like a chip reverse mortgage. If they're over 55, then there's no interest, no payment until you either sell, die, or, or get out of the house. But that's, that's another option people have as well. But this is not a show about finances. Uh, but it's cool. Like a cool thing to think about. Again, 604-280-9898 is the way to go. Beverly, you are next. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, oh, hi there. I'm just going to ask you a dumb question that I probably know the answer. Uh, a, a girl I know, she was working, she works in the morning delivering parcels to stores from uh, another store. And then she got a, a, a job at the care home, which she could do in the afternoon and tonight at, at night. And she got it for a month. And then on the, that was the month of, of March. And then April, they gave her two days and they said, no, they didn't need her. And she never heard from them again. They never said, you're not going to ever come. So she's had to go for another job. But she can't get any IU or anything like that, can she? Unemployment? Or, uh, uh, no, because she wouldn't have had enough hours, but she may actually be able to get severance, believe it or not, even though she may have, she only worked it for a short period of time. Yeah, a month, because she and she worked there. So she, she could potentially get a few weeks paid just by way of severance, so probably worth to have her give us a call. No, she can't get EI, but she may well get severance, and, and even though she worked for a month, potentially, especially now when it's harder to find another job, well, she, yeah. may, she may be able to get even a couple of months pay, believe it or not. So oh Beverly, this is why I called you because call. I've heard you say something like that, but then I wasn't sure about work, her working that morning because she just does that for extra money. No, I hear, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, her so I'll call. get her to phone you at your office, 3123? What do I do? Yeah, that's the uh, that's that's the number, uh, Beverly. It's six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. Six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. She can also reach out through email. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We got enough time to squeeze in another call before we take a a little break. Judith, you're uh, you're up. Thanks for standing by. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Great. Go ahead. Good. Excellent. Okay. What's, uh, what's on your mind? 
Okay, well, uh, I've been employed at uh, this place for the, since 2014. Um, I was given a letter saying that uh, my position has been terminated and that um, they didn't give me any reason. And when I asked, I said, why am I being terminated? Oh, they, they're moving in a different direction. Uh, I was given um, a check. They gave me four weeks of pay in lieu of notice. And when I do my calculations, that's six years. I've just started going into my seventh year. And um, they've paid out my um, my holiday pay, and they've also included two uh, releases that they want me to sign, saying that I cannot come back against them for any further damages or or, or anything else. And Judith, I, uh, what kind of a job are you doing, and, and how old are you? How old am I? I'm sixty nine. And, and what kind I of a job? A, I was a site supervisor. So believe it or not, forget about the difference between four or six weeks. You're actually owed eight to nine months pay. I didn't say weeks. I said months pay. So eight to uh, nine been, months. Eight yeah. to right. nine months. Okay. So you've actually you've been wrongfully dismissed. A, a wrongful dismissal is a situation where someone is let go with a lot less compensation than they're owed. So you're owed eight to nine months pay. So what you cannot do, Judith, is you cannot sign off on those releases that you mentioned. Give right. me a call off air. Uh, John here is going to give you the number in just a sec. Give me a okay. call off air. Let's you and I discuss this, and I'll help you get the compensation that you're owed because th the difference between that four weeks that you mentioned that they're paying you and eight or, or nine months pay, that's huge. That's significant. The good news is, though, it's not going to be difficult to resolve. We can resolve that quickly. So I want you to reach out to me as soon as possible. Yes, I certainly will, and I appreciate all your help. Thank you, Judith. Appreciate your call. See, that is why you make that phone call. It's quick, and there's eight months' pay she's going to get because she made that quick phone call. That's why you do it. We're taking our first break and giving you the number to, uh, to reach out as well, like everybody has so far. Love the fact that you're all on it, like a, like a hobo and a ham sandwich. Keep it coming. It is 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. We'll go right back to it. Employment Law Show on CKNW. It is us uh, four eighteen. We still have lots of time to take your phone call, so that's awesome. It's uh six oh four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. You have questions about your job, maybe you've been let go, maybe you're looking at a severance package, maybe call back to work, maybe it's something COVID nineteen related, that's okay. Just bring it all on. We'll uh we'll answer them as we uh, go down the uh the chain here. We'll get to uh to John now. Hey John, how are you? Oh hi, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I would just uh, have a question. I was recently um, laid off without cause, and I worked for the company for about um, 13 years. And um, I received a, a package, and I'm not sure if it's uh, it's if it's um, you know reasonable or not. So, John, you've been there for 13 years. Uh, what kind of a job, John, and how old are you? Uh, I am 36 years old, and it was a sales position. And give me a sense of what your income was, just even ballpark. Um, it was about sixty thousand. Um, okay. Plus, you also, I mean, it's also a defined benefit pension plan. There's also like a, a little bit of a bonus as well okay. on top of it. And so you, you know, being there for so long, you also get a, a pretty generous vacation. You know percentage per year for sure 
So, John, someone in your situation would be owed right around one year's pay, 12 months' pay. Now, that includes your salary, of course, but it also includes your average bonuses, commissions, etc. Anything that you would have earned if you had stayed, that has to be included. So it's not just salary. Uh, Tell me what what they gave you or what they offered you. Uh, They offered me about six months. Six months, and and did they include bonuses, commissions, etc., or just salary? Uh, they offered me base salary plus um, um, some benefits. So, and, and plus whatever benefits I received for health or medical, I guess. Okay. I think they include some of those as well. So they didn't even include bonus. So, so what you've been offered, John, is less than 50 cents on the dollar, less than half of what you're owed. So that is, as I was telling an earlier caller, it's a, a wrongful dismissal. So the, the, that's the bad news. The good news is these issues, John, are not difficult to resolve. They're really, really not. So uh, you're owed a year's pay. That's double what you, you've been offered. 90% of people that I talk to are offered less because ho- companies hope they can get away with it or hope that the employee won't know. So what I want you to do, John, is I want you to reach out to me and call me off air uh, and then you, let's you and I have a discussion. I want to see the actual package, find out a bit more about your job and compensation, and then I can help you get uh, everything that you wrote. That sounds great. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate your time and uh, wise move making the phone call. Here is the number to reach out after the show to Lior and the crew, 604-283-3123. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now for the uh, remainder of our time, taking our phone calls, taking your calls on the air. And that is 604-280-9898. So bring it on. We've got lots of room to take your call as we continue on. Hey, Ryan, thanks for thanks for standing by, pal. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. I had a quick question for you. Um, I'm 62 years old. I've been with the same company for the last 14 years at a a sporting goods store. And the owner of the sporting goods store, the one-person ownership, uh, has has given all of the staff one year's written notice that he will be retiring and uh, selling his business at the end of 2020. Um, the new owner coming in has uh, has stated that he will be offering all the existing staff their same jobs at the same rate of pay as they were before, and their jobs will not have changed. Um, is there any severance involved there for myself, or is it, if I decide not to stay on and, and turn down the new owner's offer uh what is the what is the severance if there is any uh, great questions uh, ryan so here's how this works if, if you choose not to accept the job because you've gotten uh, i think you said a year's notice of this uh, this happening you would not be owed any severance if you had gotten a lot less then yeah there may have been some severance but because you got a year's notice there would be no severance now if in fact you do accept the job with the buyer keep in mind that the buyer inherits your service uh, and that's important because if, if you start with this buyer and let's say a year later he lets you go, now you're not a one-year guy, you're a 15-year guy. So severance at that point would have to be paid based on your 15 years. So that's a good thing. Now, if you're, uh, if you're asked to sign an employment agreement by this buyer, I want you to read it very carefully because I just told you that they inherit your service. 
but there's a way for them to have a term in the employment agreement saying, no, no, we're going to specifically reject your past service. So you want to pay attention to that. And I'm also happy to take a look at that agreement for you if and when uh, you get one. If they don't offer you an agreement, they just simply say, hey, just start working on Monday. We'll see you then. That's great. You don't want anything in writing. You don't want a written contract to sign. Uh, but uh, severance right now, uh, Ryan, you would not be owed uh, if uh, you decide not to accept Thanks very much. You answered my question. No problem. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to call. If you have any further questions, you know what to do. 604-283-3123 is the way to reach out on the phone call. Uh, email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still lots of time here in the remainder of the show, so bring on your phone calls just like everybody has and get some answers. It's been really good so far. It's uh, it's fantastic. 604-280-9898 is the number. Very common questions you get every day. Let's just barrel roll into these suckers. First one is this. Leo, what can I do um, if I believe that my boss is setting me up in order to fire me? That's never nice. It, it, it isn't nice, but it is something that I get asked very, very often. Uh, a very common situation where uh, I, I think that they're setting me up. They're building a case against me. They're trying to either get me to quit or potentially to build a case so that they can fire me for cause, i.e. without severance. Now, keep in mind, it is very difficult to terminate someone without severance, to terminate them for cause. Uh, what you really need as an employer, you need to show that you've tried to discipline them, you've made efforts, and they've, they've failed. So one, ways, uh, one of the ways employers are trying to do that is by building a case, by writing you up, by uh, giving you bad performance reviews so that at some point they may be able to pull the trigger. So here's what, what you do in that situation. If you feel that that's what your employer is doing, you need now to correct your employer whenever they're wrong. So if your employer is wrong when they say uh, you, you didn't do a good job on the project, correct them, send them an email, tell them exactly what happened on the project. If your employer is saying uh, you're not working enough hours, again, if that's wrong, correct them. Tell them exactly when you've been in, when you've been out, and what you've been doing off hours. Everything that you disagree with that you may be criticized or written up or warned about, if it's not legitimate, if it's not 100% accurate, you need to respond to it. And in writing, email works great. Uh, and if you have a meeting with your boss and something is said in that meeting and you think, gosh, I wish I had that in writing, but it's, it's all verbal. You go to your office, you send an email confirming what was said in that meeting. You got to protect yourself. You want to build your own case to try to either preserve the job or make it more difficult for the company to let you go. Remember my rule. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Silence is the same as acceptance. So if someone's building a case against you and you're not saying anything or doing anything, it's as if you've just said, yeah, this is cool. I'm all right with it. So don't do that. Respond. Put it in writing. If you're not sure how to do that, what to do, how to respond, have, happy to talk to you. Just reach out to me anytime. You know, you say silence is the same as acceptance. That works two ways. If you send that email that you said saying, I disagree, boss, with this, this, and this, if they don't reply, you might panic. But that's okay. Silence is acceptance. I guess they don't disagree if they didn't reply, right? Absolutely. If you send an email to your boss saying, boss, you, I'm confirming that you told me the following things today at our meeting. If your boss doesn't write back and say, no, no, what are you talking about? That never happened. That's as if the boss agreed and accepted what you said. That's a good thing. So never be concerned yeah. about sending an email and not getting a response. Silence, as you said, John, both ways is acceptance. 
Let's take a short break here, get uh, some more calls lined up, give you a chance to uh, to grab the phone and dial 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. For the remaining time, we're here on air. You want to reach out through email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. This is the Employment Law Show on CKNW. And we're, uh, we're back at it here at uh, 4.33. The phone calls are, uh, are quiet. Everything got quiet. Is my breath? I don't know. But uh, the phone lines are open, so uh, bring it back on if you got questions. 604-280-9898. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. In the meantime, very common questions Lior gets every day. This one has been the elephant in the room for about two weeks, or pardon me, two months, maybe nine weeks, and that is, do I have to accept going on a temporary layoff? You know, th- this is uh, something that, you know, you and I have talked on, about on the show for, for years, for as long as we've been doing yeah. the show, but it's never been as important as it is right now. And, totally. you know, for those that are tuning into the show for the first time, they're gonna, you're going to be shocked by what I'm about to tell you. And what I'm about to say is that, no, a temporary layoff is actually illegal. For most people, in most situations, a temporary layoff is not something you have to accept. This is true in regular situations, and yes, it's true in a pandemic situation. What I mean by that is that if you are laid off temporarily, you now have a choice. Now, even though I said it's it's illegal, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a way to, to go and stop and physically prevent the employer from laying you off temporarily. What it means is that you have a choice. And that choice is you can, of course, accept the layoff despite the fact that it's not allowed, or you can treat the relationship, your employment relationship, as being terminated. You can treat the layoff as a termination and get severance. The decision is yours, uh, the employee, and you, because the employer is not allowed to do it, you actually can make that decision and choose what you want to do. So I've spoken with many people that have agreed and have accepted the layoff, but I've also spoken with quite a few people that have chosen to treat that layoff as a termination, either because they didn't think they were going to come back or because they were uh, interested in getting severance now and not deferring it because they didn't know what was going to happen later and needed money now. So you have the same right as well. Now, if you do accept the layoff, keep in mind, by accepting it, you then give the company the right to do it again in the future. That's something that you may not want to do. Uh, you don't. You only have one time, really, that you can make that choice to choose to treat the layoff as a termination, and that is the first time you're laid off. The second time, you would not have that choice. So, John, I know a lot of people are surprised by that, but a temporary layoff is, in most cases, even in a COVID-19 situation, illegal. Bit of a head-scratcher call. Uh, get it cleared up for that or any other topic. Uh, we'd love to talk to you at 604-280-9898. Another common question you get every day is, uh, we love this one. This one relates back to the Employment Standards Branch and uh, the ilk that work there. Not their fault, but uh, why do you always say <laughs> that employees get so much severance when the government website says, I only get one week per year, two weeks per year, that type of thing? There's literally hasn't been a day in the... 18 years or so that I've been practicing law that I haven't gotten this exact question by email, by phone, and oftentimes by people that are very upset with me saying, well, wait a second, Lior. I heard you say that so-and-so is owed 10 months pay, and I looked on the government website, they're only owed four weeks pay. What what are you doing here? Well, John, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. The government, the Employment Standards Branch, can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements. Now, the word minimum here is key because your minimum entitlements, which for most people is a week's pay per year of service, 
are only a fraction of what you're owed if you lost your job. So the government will only advise you on the minimum uh, entitlements. For example, if you call the government and ask them, it's just as an, another example, uh, what should I be making? I'm an engineer. They'll tell you, well, minimum wage is this much. Well, that doesn't mean that you only get this as an engineer. You know, you can look and on average an engineer makes $80,000, whatever it is. Well, it's kind of the same with termination. The law decides what you're owed, not the government. The government can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements if you lost your job. So yes, your minimum entitlements after four years may be four weeks pay, but your full entitlements could be eight months, nine months pay. Uh, and that's what the law is. I don't make it up. I just tell you what it is. So that's why there's going to be that discrepancy between what I tell you, what the government tell you, uh, tells you. And one of the ways to find out your entitlements very quickly, uh, free and anonymously, just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a severance calculator tool there. And you can find out what you're owed your full entitlements, your proper entitlement entitlements. You should not and cannot call the Employment Standards Branch if you lost your job. 604-280-9898 is the number to call in. We'll, uh, we'll bounce over to a phone call. Noah, thanks for standing by there for a moment. How are you this afternoon? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Still working, so COVID hasn't affected me too much yet. Beauty. Um, but uh, this kind of before COVID, I was talking to my employer. I'd just gotten myself into the Army Reserve and looking to get some training done. And I talked to my employer, um, or my superintendent in construction, and he is not in full approval of me taking the leave necessary to do the training. Um, so he said that if I went off to do the training, that there's no promise that I'd have a job when I came back. However, just looking at the law, from what I was able to tell, is that that would be an illegal termination. So I went above his head and spoke to my union rep. Uh, so we're a union. And went as, as far as HR department and was able to get myself 11 months of leave uh, pre-approved so i guess my my question is is that i had to go to hr if i was terminated by my employer i guess my superintendent who has the authority to do that would i be looking at a severance at that point so, uh, Noah, severance rules don't really apply. Certainly not the same way to unionized employees. So, you know, everything we talked about talk about on the show in terms of severance and you know whatever you're owed if you're let go that doesn't apply to unionized employees. Your collective agreement would stipulate what you're owed. For most people, it would simply pay you a week's pay per year of service. So you may be limited to your minimum entitlements, but the only one that can advise you on that is the union. And also the, on, the only one that can help enforce your entitlements is the union. So no, the questions you, you, you're asking, you have to put to the union and, and do that as soon as possible. Okay. So that is something that as a union rep would, in, I guess in this case, be my employment lawyer. Exactly. Your, your, your representative, yeah. your lawyer, your advocate, absolutely. Your union, yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Noah. Good luck with that. Uh, 604-280-9898. We'll slide in another call before the break. Yes, we will. John, thanks for uh, thanks for holding on. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, I had a question. I was terminated, but we came to a mutual agreement where I took a severance uh, package, which I thought was fair. Uh, the idea being that I would eventually go back to work probably after the severance period ran out. Now with this whole COVID situation, uh, it's a little difficult to find work. Would I be eligible for EI? 
you'd be able eligible for EI once your your severance uh, runs out. So yes, you would be. Uh, but the government has also said that the CRB uh, is not impacted by severance. So you should be able to apply for the CRB right now if you're not earning any income, which pays you again two thousand bucks a month for four months. Uh, the government has has said that. You know, I don't. I'm not sure that I, I understand why that is. But hey, what? Why? It's not really my uh, opinion that matters here. So you should apply for the CRB, John. Okay. So even it was uh, it was mutually sort of agreed upon that I would take the severance. The severance period now has come to an end. I could go for the CERB uh, at, a, at a minimum, and potentially I would qualify for EI as well. That's perfect. Correct. Yes. Now, John, just for, for, for my own amusement, l- tell me a bit about the severance that you got. Let's start with how long did you work there for and, and what kind of a job? I, had, uh, I was with the company for about uh, 20 years. And it was a fairly senior job. And at the end of the day, we negotiated about uh, 16 months of severance. Yeah, that, that, that's in the right range. So you, you didn't do bad, uh, John. That, you know, six, I would have said 16, maybe as high as 18, but 16 months is not bad. So you, you, you did okay. But now, yeah, you can apply for the, uh, for the CERB. Uh, again, the government said it doesn't impact that. So you should be just fine to do that. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. We're going to uh, take a short break here, get right back at it with your uh, phone calls and your questions, 604-280-9898. Want to send along an email? We'll see if we can get a couple of those as well, if we have uh, if we have time. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show, and this is CKNW. Hey, you still have some time. Here it is, uh, 445. So, yeah, bring it on, 604-280-9898. In the meantime, we'll get back to very common questions that Lior gets every day. The next one is this. Can my boss refuse to give me the accommodation that my doctor my doctor says I need? And it's that last part, uh, John, that you emphasized, the doctor, that really makes the difference because the doctor is the one that gets to decide what kind of accommodation you need. You don't get to decide as the individual, and, and guess what? The employer certainly does not get to decide. The doctor, your doctor, is the only one that gets to decide what kind of accommodation you need. So if you can't work or at least not work the same way, you need some modified duties, modified hours, you need the ability to work from home, what have you, as long as your doctor is the one saying that and putting that in writing in a note to your employer, your employer has to accommodate. Your employer cannot say, I don't want to, it's too hard, it's not uh, something that we do here. They have to do it even if it is hard, even if it is uh, even expensive. They have to provide that accommodation. Now, sure, there there is a point beyond which the, uh, which the employer doesn't have to go if it's completely unreasonable and completely unworkable, yes, then the employer doesn't have to provide that level of accommodation. But that's rare. And in most cases, the employer has to accommodate. And if the employer doesn't want to, that's a human rights violation. That's illegal. One of the most fundamental laws that we have when it comes to employment law is the duty to accommodate. So don't be afraid to ask your employer, give that doctor's note. If your employer doesn't want to, won't do it, isn't helpful or cooperative, reach out to me because that's wrong and that's illegal. Another one is this. Uh, you know, I work extra hours every week, but I never get paid for them. When does my employer have to pay me overtime? I get overtime questions often, and uh, yeah. it is certainly uh, something that employers get wrong. So in BC, it's you get overtime after 40 hours a week or eight hours a day, okay? So anything over that is time and a half. And now, 
what's important to understand is that if you have to do the work, okay, uh, even if your employer didn't ask you to do overtime, then the employer still has to pay it. As long as it's legitimate, as long as it was something that was done because you needed to do it to get the job done, even if the employer didn't approve it, they still have to pay it. Now, I'm not suggesting you just work overtime whenever you want to, but if it's necessary and if it's something you had to do, the employer can't say, well, I didn't ask you to do it, so too bad. No, your employer has to pay it overtime for salaried employees too, over 40 hours a week or eight hours a day. We'll get to another phone call here, and that would be Robert. Hey, Robert, good afternoon. Yes, uh, what I phoned about is my wife worked for a company just a couple months short of 20 years. She ended up in the hospital for five months. Then she come home for uh, two months, and then she went, I mean, two weeks, and then went back in the hospital again for two more months. Um is she uh, able for severance pay because when she was off, they hired somebody to take her place, and now the COVID has closed the store, so we don't know when she's going to get back. Have they said to her whether they're going to take her back? Uh, did they say anything to her, or did they say to her at some point that you're done, there's no job here for you? No, they've never. she's never said that, No. So because they haven't said that, Robert, at this point, her employment has not been terminated. It's quite possible that when she was going to return to work or when she is able to, that they will not have a job for her. And then it becomes a termination. And then absolutely she gets severance. It could be as much as two years pay. But until and unless that happens, we, we, we can't really do anything about that. Now, she may be able to send a note and say, hey, I, I, I want to know, if is there a job for me if and when uh, we open back up? And if they say we'll evaluate then, then we'll have to wait and see when, when the business opens. If they say yes, okay. If they say no, then she gets severance. But unless they told her there's no more job for you, uh, she doesn't get severance quite yet, Robert. Yeah, so this has been going on for approximately a year and a half, okay. and um, now uh, is she okay to go? Uh, she applied for EI, and they turned her down, uh, unemployment insurance. They turned her down. Now this COVID thing has actually closed the store, that the store is closed now. Is should Could she go for uh, uh, insurance now? Uh, did she earn uh, at least five thousand uh, dollars in the last year or in two thousand and nineteen? She earned while well, she was like making sixteen thousand a year up until about a year and a half ago. So I take it that in two thousand and nineteen she didn't earn five thousand because she she was off. Yes. So if that's the case, unfortunately, she would not qualify for EI or CERB uh, at this point. So one option that now is the store closed because they don't have business or they're closed because they had to based on government order? Well, what they did was they closed because they weren't making enough money to pay employees. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the stores closed on the street. I understand. Okay, so she's essentially now on a temporary layoff. And as, as I was saying earlier on the show... A temporary layoff is actually a termination or it gives the individual the right to treat that as a termination. So she is able to treat this layoff as a termination and get severed. So yes, 
despite what I right. told you, because she's on a, essentially on a temporary left, she could get severance, Robert. And for her, after all the years that she's worked there, it could be as much as two years' pay, certainly not less than 18 months. So have her call me as soon as possible. I wouldn't wait on this because I'm concerned about the company's financial viability, so I wouldn't wait on this. Uh, have her call me as soon as possible, and I'll help her get the severance. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Robert. And that number two call, write this down if uh, you got a pen or a pencil handy, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123 to reach out to Lee or do that uh, as soon as you can, by the way. No waiting for that one. Uh, right back to it here. Most common questions you get every day. Um, my boss is treating me badly and harassing me. Now what do I do? <laughs> Well, we all have such a, an important and fundamental right to work in a harassment-free work environment. It's one of the most important rights that we all have because, you know, we, no one would like or wants to have a job if they're being harassed, mistreated, bullied, etc. So, if you are a victim of harassment in the workplace, then your employer is the one that has the obligation to fix that. So, the first thing you have to do, is, if possible, is you want to try to resolve it internally. Try to give the company the opportunity to fix it. Let them know what's happening and put that in writing as well. Once you tell the company, their legal obligation then becomes to investigate it and then ultimately make efforts to fix the problem. And if they don't drop the ball, that's exactly what they're supposed to do. So try to resolve it that way. Don't just be silent about it. Now, if you you can't do that because there's no one to talk to, maybe it's the boss that's harassing you or yeah. the owner, so who are you going to complain to, right? Or maybe you've tried to do it and nothing happened. Then if, if it's not possible to resolve it internally, well, now is the time to think externally. Now is the time to call me. Let me help you get out of there. Let me help you get the compensation that you're, you need so you don't have to go back to work. You don't have to continue getting bullied and harassed and mistreated. We'll get you out of there with compensation. So step one, if possible, try to resolve it internally. If you've tried and it's not possible, or you tried and nothing happened, step two, you reach out to me, we resolve it externally, we get you out of there with compensation. By the way, that contact uh, anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca, 604-283-3123. You can always, even when Lior's not available, uh, middle of the night, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Next one is this, you know, my employer's just moved offices. Do I have to move with them? And what happens if I don't? Very common question. I actually got asked that this morning. So your employer uh, is able to move offices, but if it impacts you in a significant way, you may have the right to treat that move as a constructive dismissal. You then have a right to treat that as a termination and get severance. So the question always becomes, well, how far, how much of a move would it uh, would it be before it's a constructive dismissal? So it's not actually based on kilometers or, or distance. It's really based on how it's going to impact you. So as a general rule, if this adds an extra hour to your commute every day, then that's a, a, a significant enough uh, change that it does rise to the level of constructive dismissal. So if if you used to take uh, an hour as an example to get to work uh, you know back and forth and now it's two hours that extra hour is significant enough that you have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal whether the company moved two kilometers or 200 kilometers is not as important as the impact on you so if you're in that situation where you're now spending more than an hour extra each day to get to work because of the relocation you can obviously continue working that is 100% your right or you can treat that as a termination and move on with severance to a different job. 
Quick email in our last minute and a half here comes from Janet. Says my employer let me go because they say I don't work fast enough. Now I've never had any complaints before. Did they have the right to do this? Well, to let her go without severance for what she said, no, they wouldn't have a right because right. for for an employer to let someone go for cause for misconduct, for not doing a good job. Number one, the employee would have had to do a terrible job. But number two, they would have had to be warnings, performance reviews, etc. And she said she never had any complaints, never had any issues, or no, she cannot be let go for cause. That said, her employer is allowed to let her go without cause, with severance. As long as they pay that full severance, they can do that. So it may not make her happy, and she doesn't want to lose her job. But the general rule is, if, as long as you get your full severance, your employer can let you go pretty much for any reason, even if you think the reason doesn't make sense or you don't agree with it or it's not justified, the question becomes severance. That's what's important to remember. And that'll do it for another afternoon. Appreciate all your phone calls and contributions. You keep it afloat. We love it. We'll do it again next weekend. In the meantime, 604-283-3123, the number to reach out to Lior and the firm. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as I just mentioned, a, a wonderful website. Give you so much information. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. This has been the Employment Law Show on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.